Hello, and welcome to Navigating Joy Together. My name is Lauren, and I'm here with my family. Mark. Addison. Hunter. And our dog, Onyx. Each episode, you will hear about our experiences with navigating joy together in our family, as well as tips you can bring back to your family. Thanks for spending time with us. Now let's get to it. I'm so excited to share that the paperback version of my book is now available. My book called My Dad Died from ALS and How I Found Joy 30 Years Later is available in Kindle and paperback version on Amazon. So head on over and grab it. I've had such wonderful feedback from people who have read it and they have shared that it's been inspirational and they've just loved reading the story. My hope is that anybody who reads it can find inspiration and in finding joy in their daily lives, regardless of what they're going through. One review I would love to share with you. My Dad Died from ALS is an engaging memoir that easily makes you create vivid scenes in your mind as you read it. I loved that and couldn't stop reading it until I finished it. I admire the writer's strength to face everyday challenges and at the same time have the commitment to find joy in the present moment. So please head over and grab yourself a copy, share with friends, and hopefully we can all learn to create joy every single day, no matter what we're going through. And now to our episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Navigating Joy Together. Today, it is just Mark and I. It certainly is. And we are going to share some real-world challenges that we have together as a couple and provide some action steps that we are putting into place to hopefully create more joy between us and hopefully some steps that you can use with your partner, spouse, significant other, anybody, (laughs) anyone. All right. Well, and ideally, if we have any amount of success with each other, then the next step would be to share this with the kids because... Uh, I believe some of the things that we're going to learn about each other during this episode, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and our kids absolutely exhibit some of the behaviors that I think we're going to get into today. Yes, they do. Because we know as parents, our behaviors model most of what our children do. Did that make sense? I don't know. I, agree. Be- <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I hear it. Actually, there's data on that, that... When we model behaviors, whether they're positive or negative, for our children, and they tend to act that way. Well, I can agree with that. If uh, you're taking that statement someplace else, I think when they see certain behaviors repeatedly modeled or repeatedly utilized, then there's a tendency to gravitate towards them. But I also think that each of us has this whole free will choice option where if there's certain things you do that I don't want to do, then I'm not going to do it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Not good, not bad, just what I think can happen. Definitely. So our main topic is communication. I thought we'd do a communication series. There's so much that falls under communication, and I think between couples, communication can be one of the most difficult parts of a relationship. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And we decided to focus on active listening, which is kind of interesting because we mentioned it in our very first episode, and you provided an action step. But I don't think, well... 
I don't know how much I've really followed through. I don't think we really put anything completely into place to follow through in that action step. So I think this episode will make that a little bit more clear and easier for us and our listeners to do. A reoccurring theme, uh, more often than not, whether it be with you and I in the couple's realm or with us as a family, um, as we break down communication skill sets, there is an opportunity, even when one is uh, active and engaged and present in the moment and communicating well, uh, there's always an opportunity to be better, even when we're good. Okay, so let's start off with active listening, defining it. What is your definition of active listening? Well, I would much rather hear yours first because I think mine is different. <laughs> your stuff is always different. More often than not, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, well, my definition of active listening is... 100% focus on the person who is talking. I have in here eye contact, but I don't always believe that because I recently read when you want to try to communicate with your teen, if you actually go on a walk or sit side by side or you walk side by side, they tend to talk more. And I've noticed that when Addison and I walk the dog and we're just walking next to each other and not looking at each other, she talks a lot. So eye contact sometimes, depending on the situation, and paraphrasing, which I'm really bad at. But if you paraphrase, then you are showing that person that you're really listening to what they just said. Yeah, I, I tend to go to the end result. And the end result for me is I should be able to verbatim, word for word, say back to you exactly what you said to me if I am truly active listening. Interesting. Yeah, I, th I think paraphrasing is a shortcut. and I'm not saying it's not effective or efficient use of time. Absolutely. However, uh, a paraphrase is just filling in a bunch of blanks and getting the gist. And shows you listen and you get the idea. But it, to truly show that I listened to something you said, I should be able to say it back to you. Okay. Exactly. But if I just paraphrase then, you don't think I'm truly listening? If I paraphrased, because my brain doesn't work that way. I cannot remember every single thing verbatim. You asked me for a definition, so oh. I defined what I tend to gravitate towards. That's fine. Fair enough. Okay. Current active listening behaviors that work well for each other. Are you going first? Oh, I love when you lead. <laughs> I'm not a very good active listener at all. So for me to say what current behaviors work well, <laughs> I don't know if I can pick some out. I have a, because the things I do just don't tend to active listening. I would say I'm pretty darn on it when it comes to being able to say back to you pretty much verbatim each thing you said. I would agree with that. You are a very good active listener. To our listeners, I, I'm not being harsh on myself. It's just actually my, not my forte, actually. I am a good in the, in the classroom, though, when kids yes, talk to me. Yes, isn't that fascinating? Yeah, yeah, when you're at school with the wee ones, you have to active listen because you're trying to pay, and, and not just active listen to one person, you're also needing to monitor multiple other children at one time. So I find it mm -hmm. interesting that when you and I are one-on-one, -on -one, that promotes some sort of challenge. 
Yeah, I would dimes of dollars bet when you're talking to little Johnny and little Annie makes some little sideways comment in the side of the room, you catch it. <laughs> oh, yes. Hmm. Interesting. And I am pretty good active listener with the kids. Ish. I don't agree with that. It's okay. You don't have to agree. Okay, so you're, I'm just going to paraphrase. You think you are a really good active listener because you can verbatimly say back what I said. But do you think, what about eye contact or anything like that? Nothing? Whatever. I think... 100% focus. Well, I think uh, multitasking certainly does not... Well, we've had this discussion numerous times. I I think multitasking (laughs) is a complete farce. Uh, The brain does not operate that way. Brain studies have shown that it doesn't operate that way. And... If you are typing something on the computer and having a conversation, how often do you make typing errors? Oh, all the time. There you go. So, Or if I'm talking to someone on the phone and I'm trying to type, then I don't even know what they just said. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. So, But back to your original question. I, I think you need to be focused in the moment and present, uh, depending on the importance of said conversation. Like, I would be the first one to tell you there are there are absolutely times where I know you're speaking to me and I'm really not all that interested in listening, and I, I tune out. I do. I will own that. I do it. What am I talking about that makes you tune out? It, it, it's a list. <laughs> Give me one. I want one example. Okay, great example. Anytime, not that we do this very often, but if we're going to head to the airport, I don't need to have a conversation four times about do I have my ID <laughs> before we go to the airport. That'd be, uh, yes. that'd be one kind of funny ha-ha moment. But <laughs> there, there, there is a tendency that I, I, I do think I actively listen really well the first time. When I hear the exact same words the second time, I'm 50% out. And by the third time, <laughs> I don't even know who you are. I've left the building. I may be here physically, but mentally I am out. That's hilarious. Okay, I get that. Yeah. Okay, so then let's talk about our current active listening behaviors that don't work for each other. I think you get to go first this time. Well, as soon as I start to speak, are you going to interrupt me? Oh, maybe I should start. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here are mine. I interrupt. There's reasons why, but I interrupt. And I assume. You assume. Yes. I'm assuming that we are going to add more depth to what that means later. Well, I should probably explain now. Okay. So when I interrupt, here are the reasons why I interrupt. Number one, if we're having a really good, positive, fun conversation, I get excited about something that you just said. And so I have to input my my thought there, then and now. And my brain is just like, say it now. And so I say it. If it's a negative conversation like we're having an issue with each other and you say something that makes me really mad then I have to interject then to try to defend myself on what you said and here's the other problem is oh no so I don't assuming is one of them but then the other part is I stop listening to what you're saying and I'm trying to think of a rebuttal already to whatever you said that fired me up. Yeah, those are my very poor active listening behaviors, and they do cause a lot of problems. Well, I, I would love to disagree, but I'm finding it hard to do so. 
I am the king of a run-on sentence or run-on paragraph and sometimes just a run-on monologue. And I don't, I, I, I use a lot of commas and semicolons when I speak versus a period to give you a chance to focus on one topic at a time. I, I am masterfully not good at creating a pause in the dialogue, which isn't true in other places. So kind of back to you, like what you do in the classroom versus what you do at home. There are numerous situations where I'm really good at short, quick, to the point, make sure that we're all on the same, that I and whomever I'm speaking with are on the same page before I move forward. And to your point earlier, I think I, I have a very strong tendency, maybe because sometimes I'm interrupted now and again, to try to get it all on the table before I get interrupted. And, and that's not really fair to you either, because then... I can throw out five, six, eight, 10, 25 topics <laughs> rapid fire. So yeah, that, that, that's a behavior that certainly doesn't lend itself to helping you actively listen. It certainly doesn't let us stay focused and in the moment, kind of topic by topic. I didn't interrupt at all, just so you know. Yay. <laughs> that's another reason why I interrupt too, is because you keep going on and on and on and I have to get my thought in before you keep going. Okay, so those are our poor active listening behaviors and then we know that they end up creating a lot of um, negative energy, negative high energy that often turns into an argument and then we get mad at each other and then we go back to square one and we say the same things and talk about the same things and the same things that make us mad. And then it just spirals and happens again eventually. I would call that a devolving spiral. Ooh, nice word. Yeah, thank you. That was wow. my quarter word of the day. Do you have that toilet paper, that like smart roll toilet paper that has words on it? I'm not allowed to go to the store, so <laughs> no, I do not have that. <laughs> I think the purpose of this podcast was after we identify those is then come up with what we're going to do for us and how we're going to work on those poor behaviors to switch them to more positive behaviors. So putting some steps in place that helps work on those so that we can have more joyous communication versus not because our communication is not very joyful when all that happens. It's interesting that's where you took that because I wouldn't go that direction. What direction are you going to go? Well, I, I find that a, a efficient and effective communication gives the opportunity to then have a result of joy. Like, I don't think about joyous communication. I think about effective, efficient <laughs> communication. So then the end result is a joyous result. Oh, yeah, that makes sense too. Hmm. Maybe I'll do both. Um, it can do any of the above, I'm sure. So action steps, what are we going to put in place? Well, an easy one for me would be Say, for example, I just walked in the door from work and I come in and I have like five crazy important, like most important things in the world to tell you ideas or thoughts or stories of what happened that day. It would probably behoove me to say, hey, honey, I got five things I have to share with you. I will put a period at the end of each one thought and give you a chance to reflect or to comment or whatever you need to do to stay present and not interrupt. But that requires me to come in knowing that I need to put five periods in place versus 
five commas and then three semicolons and then two more run-on sentences and then not just the original five topics, but usually I spur off of the first five and have another five. So if I was to actually come in and name, I have five things I want to share and then share one, period, two, period, etc. Okay, I like that. Well, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it should. Okay, I'm going to do this. So in school with our little kids to keep them from all talking, when the teacher's talking, we ask them to swallow a bubble. And so they go, <gasps> and so basically taking a bunch of air, close their lips, and then they puff their cheeks out like they have a bubble in there. And then you can talk without all the interruptions. So I'm going to have to probably do that. It's that or bite my tongue, and I don't want to bite my tongue. So I'm going to swallow a bubble. <laughs> But I might need to be reminded sometimes. Maybe at the front end of a conversation, I should suggest when I have something that I feel is... Because like, there are, let's be also kind of real, there are times where an interruption doesn't really phase me. However, like on a scale of one to 10, if what I'm trying to share is like an eight or nine or 10, like pretty important to me, the interruption completely takes me to a place that I don't even want to have the conversation. It's probably a little unfair from my side when, when I know something is like crazy important, I should probably look and say, I'm going to need you to swallow a bubble so I can get my thought out. Versus there are other times when I'm like talking about something that's like a two of importance that if you interrupt, it's like, well, whatever. It's not a big deal. So somewhere in that, if you're going to swallow a bubble, I should probably feel willing to at least own when I have a topic that I feel like is a 10 of importance to say, this is super duper important to me, so please swallow a bubble now. <laughs> kind of feel like I have to do it all the time though at first. I wouldn't be opposed to starting there. <laughs> okay, so you are saying that you'll put some periods at the end of your thoughts and pause before moving on to the next. I am going to certainly try. I'm going to swallow a bubble. Okay. And then um, what about when we need 100% focus? Because sometimes we chat like when we're doing the dishes or folding laundry. And sometimes we really need like sit down. I feel focus. like, all right. So in regards to that, and this probably comes back to that important scale. By the way, I think at some point in time, we're going to have to do a whole podcast on this important scale thing. Okay. So that's a note to the listeners and ourselves to do that one of these days. So where I'd love to go with this is uh, an old school analogy. This will, this will get lost on the kids if we decide to share this with them, if it works with us. You remember your first car? Was it a digital radio? No. No, what kind of radio was it? Analog. Um, analog, yeah. analog, right? So you had to like turn the dial, and sometimes when you turn the dial perfect, it was crystal clear. And sometimes if you just went that little quarter turn too far, it was like, like that. If we're doing dishes and we're just kind of bebopping around conversations about the day and, and, and it's not something that has some consequence or some impact in what we're trying to shift in these behaviors, that's fine. However, if there's like, for example, when this is like real life stuff here, the number of times that I ask you about scheduling and carpooling and chauffeuring jobs with kids multiple times in one day or over two days, which I believe drives you just a little bit insane because I don't always 
get it because I don't know that we've actually tuned the dial in enough for me to know this is really important and I need you to hear it so then I can register like I gotta go get Hunter at this and Addison at that and then we're gonna do a flip-flop swap and then pick up her and then walk the dog whatever it might be um, I think part of the reason I don't always um, catch uh, what you are amazing at doing with scheduling and knowing where they need to be every minute of the day. Part of that's because I'm not tuned in. I don't have my radio adjusted to actually hear you. Sometimes I think it's a little staticky. Interesting analogy. I love that. That makes sense. Is that an analogy or a metaphor? Might be a metaphor. We have to actually like define that, right? No. Okay, okay good. Keep I don't moving. think so. Okay, so maybe we use those words, let's tune your dials, or maybe say, hey, I need you to tune your dial on me. I, th I think that would work either, either side of the coin. Yeah. If my intent is to have you hear something loud and clear, and the impact is I want you to be able to say that back, more or less verbatim, and there's five other things going on, I can't really expect that attention and focus and presence, being present in the moment, to be as accurate. However, if I was to look and say, hey, Lauren, I need you to tune in, tune into the station here, tune in, whatever, however we want to word this, uh, I think there's a real opportunity for you then to know what I'm about to say is something I, I really want you to hear. And so not having the phone in our hand, not doing dishes, not be walking from one part of the room to the other with your back to me or vice versa. Um, actually stopping and, and being present for that piece of communication would alleviate so many challenges, I think. I love that. Okay. All right, we've got three action steps. Tune your dial, swallow a bubble, and then... <laughs> add some periods. <laughs> add some periods. Okay, so we're going to practice this for a while, and then we'll come back I don't know, a few podcasts later and report as we talk about the next communications skill or... Are we going to wait? I would love to do a quick debrief before we do the next one in two weeks where there's an opportunity, because I believe at the end of this, there'll be some little ditty that you say about, hey, here are our action steps. Feel free to try them, see how they work for you, and we'd love to get any feedback if they did or they didn't. And I'm assuming you're going to say all that which will be in two weeks. So I would assume that if we took just 30 seconds to be in the next podcast and kind of threw out the idea, hey, for those of you that listened the last time, here are the three action steps that we were working on to enhance and be more effective and efficient in our ability to actively listen and communicate better, then we should probably report back on how we did in the next two weeks. Because two weeks seems like a long time to have an opportunity to make a shift. Yeah, I agree. So you said that all. I don't have to say it then. I think I just did, didn't I? Yeah. So you have the action steps that we're putting into place and maybe they resonate with you and you can use them or one of them or even talk with your partner and create your own action steps. So we will do that in two weeks and debrief. I so look forward to it. Me too. If you want to get a hold of us and share with us your action steps that you're putting into place or you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at lauren at dailyjoy.us. Again, that's lauren at dailyjoy.us. You can also find us on Instagram, Lauren's Daily Joy. And we also have a 
podcast Facebook group called Navigating Joy Together, which we can also have great conversations about the podcasts you listen to. All of that information will also be linked in the show notes. All right, we will be back in two weeks from now, and I don't have the date in front of me, but in two weeks with a new podcast from the family. Yay. Yay. All right. We, we, we really need a better sign-off. We need a totally better sign-off. That's sign the off. next, that's our next this job. sign-off's lame. It is lame. We're going to sign off now. Bye, but we will be coming up with a better sign-off. Say bye. Bye. See you later. Did you enjoy your time with us today? If you did, please give us a review in Apple Podcast. Your review will make Navigating Joy Together much more fun. And we would be truly grateful if you would share this with others who you know would gain value from our podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to sharing our next episode with you in two weeks. Bye.